the believer today in this world in which we live, pretty much our, our, our like most important thing to us as believers is to be able to be led by the Spirit of God. That we can be awake and enlightened, like we said earlier, like we sang earlier. Open the blind eyes and unlock the deaf ears so that I can see where God's leading me, so that I can hear His voice, so that I can be in the right place at the right time. Because the world is growing darker and things are getting rougher and things are wild out there. But we have a promise, and we have a promise that is from God Himself that says, you know what, the earth may fall apart, things are going to crumble, and everything's going to go downhill. I can just tell you right now, and this isn't a bad confession, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. But for you, I can promise you, if you follow the Word and you be led by the Holy Spirit, it is going to get better. See, as it gets darker, the light stands out that much more. And we are the light. We have the light on the inside of us. So I want to encourage you, think about those five heart attitudes. We said we're going to be talking about being led by the Spirit. I felt to share this. I actually went back and looked, and last year, right about this same time, I I was sharing about the same thing. I didn't want to share the same thing twice, but I really felt, as we were praying in, in staff meeting a few weeks ago, this is what God had put in my heart to share, and so... I did, and I started uh, two weeks ago. We talked about heart attitudes, and those five heart attitudes, you have to be in the right place. First of all, you have to be born again. You have to be alive unto unto the Lord. And we're going to talk about that here in just a second. But your attitude, your heart has to be prepared to hear the word. It has to be soft. It has to be good ground. And we went and we used the parable of the seed and the sower. And you may know people, or you may have been somebody like this. You came into church, and Pastor Bill or Pastor Pam preached a good message, and you were all fired up, and, man, you were ready to go. And then you went out the doors, and, you know, somebody banged into your car. You got in the car with your husband or your wife, and you got in a fight before you got home, and you were screaming at the kids, and then you kicked the dog on the way in. And then you had to wait six more days to get it right because you didn't come back to church till then. And that's like that, that seed that kind of starts to grow up on the side. It's not really buried in good ground. It's kind of buried on the side of the road. Around here, every now and then on some of these rural roads, you'll be driving along, you'll see a corn stalk about this high sticking up on the side of the road in the middle of the gravel and something else. But when the real heat of the summer comes, that thing dies away. That's like us. All the cares of the world, the things that we're doing, we we got it in here and we're starting to flourish and it's starting to grow on the inside of us. And man, God really did something, but then we went outside and we couldn't carry it on. You have to have a a heart that's prepared, that it's ready to hear the word, that it's good ground. And I think we're we're all good ground. And then next to that, you had to have a yielded will. You had to say, you know what? Not my will, but your will be done. You know, Jesus even said, hey, if there is another way, Father, I will do what you've asked me, created me, and sent me to this earth to do. But if there is another way, I'm open. But nevertheless, not my will, he said, but your will be done. And as believers, we need to get to that point in our lives where we're more nevertheless. You know what? Not my will, but your will be done. And I shared a little bit about those Doherty kids and how God's really been showing me over these last few months since their father passed away in November. And we went down to that, that funeral and came back. The Doherty's from Tulsa. They have Victory Christian Center in Tulsa. And, and I've been watching them and seeing the things that they're doing and the way that they're living their life. They're living their life totally. The next thing after being yielded was being devoted. You know, they're totally yielded and they're totally devoted to God. That they're going to do whatever God asks them to do whenever God asks them to do it. They're not going to say, well, what about, well, what about, well, I want to, that, that's not even a consideration. They realize their place in this earth is to serve God, to love God, to follow God, to do what God asks them to do, be led by the Spirit, to live His Word, and to be an example of Christ on this earth, and to bring people to Jesus. And you know what? In their life, I think many times we go, yeah, yeah, but i gotta get, I got to get this, and if I, can get, if I can get this, then I'll do that. In their life, they do that, and then God takes care of the other. 
you know, he always takes care of it. They've, all, they've got a car. They've got a house. They've got, a, they've got wonderful kids. You know, they, all of those things happen in their life. They're not searching and seeking after those things. It says, like it says in Matthew chapter 6, they're devoted to seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And as they do that in their life, God blesses them. And he's no respecter of persons. And then just because they're called into the full-time ministry, we're, we're you know, we, we may not be called, you may not be called into the full-time ministry, but you're called into his ministry. And that's a full-time calling. He may have you doing something else right now as, as a profession, and you might be going in a different direction. That's awesome. But that doesn't relieve you of your responsibility as a believer to go out and make disciples and to bring people to the knowledge of Jesus. You have to be humble. That was another one. You had to have a humble heart. It says that the humble he guides in his justice, and the humble he teaches his way. Those were some scriptures that we talked about a couple weeks ago. And the last thing was really to have a reverential fear of the Lord, to honor God, to say, you know what, that's what I want in my life. Regardless, regardless of what I see, regardless of what's going on around me, I want to please God. I want to do everything that I can to please him. And that, I mean, they all kind of go together, you know, humility and being devoted and all those kind of things. They all work together. But if, if we want to be as a body of Christ, not just led by the word of God that he's given us right here, but led by the Holy Spirit that's alive on the inside of us, that is speaking to us and showing us things to come, like it says in John, that's every day. See, this is a privileged place that we live in as believers. Up until Jesus died and then went to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit. Up until that point, there, there were very few people who could hear from God. They could read the law. They could do those kind of things. But the priest and the prophet were the one that everybody flocked to. Why? Because he was the one. When he spoke, people listened. He was like the Old Testament E.F. Hutton. You know, I can say that in here because everybody laughs. You say that in youth and they just look at you. Who's that? E.F. What? But in, you know, I mean, he, when the prophet spoke, when the priest, people listened because he's hearing from God and he's telling them those things. But it says that, that we are in that position now as children of the king. And since we're now in that position, the way that that happens is we are born again. He's made us alive under Christ. He's sent us in heavenly places with him. He's made us a part of his household. He's adopted us in. We're heirs. And he's implanted in us the Holy Spirit. And now, now the Holy Spirit's love on the inside of us. And now we have that ability that only the prophet and the priest had in the Old Testament. See, so every one of us, it says we're kings and priests, right? We're his royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own peculiar people. That's who we are. So it's a privileged place. And I think many times we take that privileged place sometimes, you know, just lightly. God's speaking to us. We, we cry out, God, I need you, I need you, I need you, I need you to speak to me, I need you to show me. And he does, and you go, yeah, I don't like that. I mean, you know, I mean that, that, that happens to all of us. So, we're, you know, you're not in that place if that's who you are. I wanted to share a little bit today as, as we go on into, like, the second part. Because the second part really is talking about being a spirit man and being spirit-led. And you have to understand that as a believer, as a born-again believer in Christ, you're, you're, you're made a three-part being. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. You are three parts. And, and I think what happens is people always, you know, like, yeah, I didn't want to do it, but my flesh made me. No, your flesh didn't make you. You chose to. Oh, I didn't want to do it, but the devil made me. No, the devil didn't make you. He doesn't have any power or dominion to make you do anything. You chose to do that. Well, then it just all looks, you know, you're looking around trying to blame things, and the only thing you can blame is you, and that, that's no fun. But you have to realize, if you can keep things in order, 
Your think about your life. Your life would be fantastic. If, you, if your spirit man was in charge all the time and you were renewing your mind to the word and your body then is it's on board, it's going to be lived as a sacrifice, as those things are in order, man, your life is dreamy. Think about Sunday morning when you're in here and we're in praise and worship and you're floating. I mean, you got it going on and it's all flowing and it's coming from the throne room and you got a few tears coming down and you know God's speaking to you, that he's showing you things. Think about that time and that moment because that's right. See, that's, that's when it's all in the right place. Your spirit man is alive unto Christ and in control and in charge and communicating with the Father. So your mind is renewed to the word, the things that maybe he's promised you here in this word, maybe the things that he's promised you in your heart. And your body is just getting it all. That, see, now that's the way. It doesn't have to be on Sunday morning from, from 9 o'clock to 9.15. That's supposed to be us all the time. But you have to have a realization that, that you are a three-part being. First Thessalonians is 5.23 or 33 or somewhere in there that says that, that you're going to prosper your whole person, spirit, soul, and body is what it says. That's who you are. So you're a spirit man first. And on your, on your outline, it says you are the, the spirit man is the real you. That is the real you. Pastor Pam shared about this, I think it was last month. She shared a little bit, and uh, she said it was when, uh, it was after Oral Roberts had died, and she was sharing a little bit about Billy Joe and Oral Roberts, and they had an assignment, and Billy Brim had a, had a word about that, and an assignment that they had in heaven on that side of the, and we're on this side, and they're on that side, and they're still working up there, all that kind of stuff. But she said, you know, here's the deal. Billy Joe didn't die. His body expired. His body passed, but Billy Joe lives forever. What would eternal life be? See, it says that if we invite Jesus into our life, we have eternal life, which means we live how long? Forever. Then how could we die? See, if we have eternal life, then how do we die? We don't. Your body does. And you're three parts, and you're spirit man first. That's why it was such a surprise to Nicodemus when Jesus said, you have to be born again. That didn't make any sense to him because he understand the firstborn, he understand that process, birth. How can I go back in my mother's womb? It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you're not going to be born again, silly. Your body, your flesh, you, the spirit man, the real you. See, that's the part that's born again. Why can it say in 2 Corinthians that we're new creatures in Christ? You come in here and get saved at the altar, you may feel a little electricity going on in the inside of you. The flowers may smell better and those kind of things, but you walk out that door basically, naturally, looking the way you did when you came in. And that part of your flesh is a process to change. Your mind isn't renewed at that moment to the entirety of the Word of God and all the things that He's promised you. That's a process. You are saved, brand new, spirit man alive unto Christ. You are a new creature. You have everlasting life. That's instantaneous. See, and that's why all this stuff can be true. There was a revelation there as he spoke, as Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, there was a revelation there. The real him, the spirit man, had to be brand new. And here's how it works. Hey, can you turn the lights off back there, Joe? Or do you know how? Then don't touch anything. Tell me all the bottom ones there. Now, this is us. This is the old man, and we're in darkness, right? And we come before the Lord, and our heart is convicted of our sin. And we come before the Lord, and we say, Lord, right, because the world is getting dark. The people in the world are dark. You were at one point before you knew Jesus dark. Then you had a glimmer. 
however that might work, you know. But then at one moment in your life, you said, Lord, I invite you into my life to be my Lord and Savior. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins. I turn from all of those ways. I take you as my Lord and Savior, and I'm going to live for you forever. And then all of a sudden, boo, all the lights come on. See, now your spirit, man, is made brand new. Now you have the ability, because now you're part of his household, it's that quick. See, the lights were off and the lights are on. And so as a believer, that's who you are. So you say, yeah, I don't know if I can be loved by the Spirit. Sure you can. If you have Jesus alive in your heart, then you can be led by the Spirit. Because your spirit, man, is alive. The lights are on. And see, God is spirit. He created us in his image, right, in, first, in Genesis chapter 1. We're in his image. If God is spirit, in John it says that. In Genesis it says he created us in his spirit. So we're in his likeness. And he communicates to us by his Holy Spirit. How? Through our spirit. So if your spirit is dark, he can't talk to you. He can't lead you. He can't guide you. Now, I believe he could do supernatural things and he can do anything that he wants. Because how many of you were in those places someday when you were, man, you were dark, you were blinded, and you stumbled into the right place because maybe the donkey talked to you and told you to get in there, you know. But the donkey talked. You know, the donkey said something, and that, you know, enlightened you to the truth of the Word of God. It, you're now a born-again believer. See, you're, you're alive unto Christ, and now your lights are on. And so now that, that makes you different. And it puts you in a place to be able to be led by God. To be able to say, I can understand the word. He can teach me the word. He can show me those things. Spiritual things. If you look, and in, 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 it's in there, in your thing somewhere in there. 2 Corinthians, I think, right? Chapter 2, 6 through 16. It says, however, we speak wisdom. 1 Corinthians, is that what it is? Sorry, I got the wrong one in there. You, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. And then it goes on and it keeps saying, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages of, for our glory. And here's the idea. We're, we're learning about things in the Spirit. It's a process, and it's something that we live and that we go through. And then it keeps going and says, uh, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for, they, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And it goes on and says, But it is written, I has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. The next verse says, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Pastor Pam preached this just a couple weeks ago. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. And then here's the fun part, because it says, Now we have received, not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches. And this is where it gets important, because you've probably tried to share some deep spiritual truth that you've got a revelation of. You've probably tried to share something that God's done to you in your life to an unbeliever. And see, their spirit is dark. And they look at you like, what? They don't understand what you're talking about. They tell you you're crazy. They look at you and think, whatever. I mean, they've got all those kind of things. Why is that? And it goes on and it says, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things to spiritual things. We go on to the next one. And it says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They don't get them because their foolishness to his mind, because he's dark. Remember, he's dark. When you get born again, the light comes on. And now all of a sudden I have this great opportunity to begin to comprehend the things that God's saying. Nor can he possibly know them because they're spiritually discerned. And at that moment, his spirit is dark. 
But that's not us. It says, but he who is spiritual judges all things that he himself he judged rightly by no one. Then it goes on and says that we have the mind of Christ. And we do have the mind of Christ, and you do have the ability to reason. But before that, the important part is your spirit, man, you, the real you, is alive unto Christ. And now you have the opportunity to understand and communicate and hear from God. Now, after that point, now, now it's like rubber meeting the road. I mean, you have to have a revelation that says, you know what? I am special. I am important. God has a plan for me, and he wants to speak to me. He wants to show me those things. Uh, take all the blinders off and take my ears out. I want to be led. I want to see God. I want to hear God. I want to know what's going on. My spirit is alive unto Christ. I'm a three-part being. My spirit man's in charge. And so now we have that opportunity, each and every one of us. But now we have to get down here in the earth, on the road, in the, in the trenches, and now we've got to live it. Now we've got to do all the rest of the stuff. We are now candidates. We are qualified and we are part of the deal. We have the right, like I've always explained, you know, we're on the right channel. Now we can hear from, now we've got to be able to start getting this thing going. And that's, that is a bit of a process. Learning and hearing and understanding is this God or not, and learning to bind the voices and then loose God's angels. I mean, all the binding, all that stuff is, I mean, we're learning. It's revelation after revelation after revelation. It's maturity after maturity after maturity. That's what we can say in Romans, where it says in chapter 8, right, that, that it says those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and, I say, you know, the mature sons and daughters. Why is that? Because if you can truly be led by the Spirit, you have matured to a place in Christ where you are understanding that this is God and this isn't, and you're binding what's not, and you're receiving what is. And I said that last week, tell me in the little things. Remember we said when I, a couple weeks ago, God began to teach me in the little things. That's not, that's not like a chicken. That's not like saying, I, but I told you, every plane I've ever got on says somebody's going to crash. The devil tells you he's going to crash every time. And I, I finally realized I need to know, God, when it is you and when it isn't you. Because I don't want to be bailing off every airplane because I'll never get anywhere. I'll just be sitting at the airport. <laughs> I'm going. No, I'm not. Come get me. <laughs> I need to know. And you need to know. And you need I me. Mean, we all need to be able to understand and know that. And in determining divine direction of VBI, I mean, we go, we go through this and we take six, eight weeks and we start talking about it. We start talking about praying in the Spirit. We start talking about getting out there in tongues and beginning to listen and beginning to discern what it is and what it isn't. We begin to say, God, lead me. We say this out of our mouth. God, begin to lead me. Show me. I want to know your voice. I want to know how you lead me. I need you to be able to begin to show me. And you're going to find out the places where it was really real because you're going to miss it there. It's going to be those places where your spirit man is alive and he says, get your keys. And you go, keys? What keys? Poof, shut the door. It's locked. That was you. I got it. We'll talk a little bit about that next, next week when we talk about reasoning. Because it doesn't make sense to your noggin. But in here it does. See, and in here, in here that, inward, that inward witness, that still small voice, that thing on the inside that Pastor Bill's taught us, the green light and the red light, and those, I mean, that, the check in our spirit, the, that stuff is real. And you can't explain it. You can't reason it out. It doesn't go by feeling. It goes by what you have in your heart. And you begin to realize, oh, that's God. And then you know, oh, that's not God. Oh, that's God. It lines up with my spirit. It lines up with the word. It lines up with what he told me. Yes. See, and now all of a sudden you're becoming that, that spirit-led being. And that's what we all want to be. Because what, what did we say in the beginning? Where was, it, where was it hot? Where was it right hot, as Randy would say? That's hot, dog. Where was it right <laughs> 
You know, it, it was right. What, when we were in here for those 20 minutes of praise and worship, when you had tears coming and God was speaking and you were on it and you were praising and you were worshiping. Why? Because your spirit, man, you were leading the way. Mind renewed. And that's the next part on your list. The next part on your thing talks about the second part of you, the soul part. The mind, the will, and the emotions. The mind's the thinker, the intellect. The will is the decision maker. The emotions, good night, look out, right? I mean, they could be all kinds of haywire, or they could be the fruit of the Spirit. See, if you're led by the Spirit, they'll be like fruit of the Spirit. But if you're not, if you're flesh-led, if your mind's trying to figure it out, if you're warring with what you know in your heart is right and you can't make sense of it in your head, then you're just crazy, you're babbling half the time, and you're not having any of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. That peace, forget it. Joy, uh-uh. Long-suffering, no way. You're breaking chairs. There's no patience, man. I mean, you're, you're not there. See, it's, a, it's a, the Spirit, man, the real you alive and in charge. The mind being renewed to what? The Word of God. Romans 12, 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you live... Well, that's, that's the 12, 1 part. 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The key is, can you keep your mind renewed to the Word of God? Because if you can keep your spirit, man, focused and in tune, and if you can keep your mind renewed to the things that are in the Word, renewed to the things that He's promised you in your heart... Go back to Philippians 4, read through 4 through 8, begin to think about those things that are pure, noble, just, good. If you can keep your head going there, your body doesn't have a chance to get the thing off the road. But if you don't do that, then your body and mind get in cahoots, and they pitch your spirit man out in the street. And then they begin to run havoc through your life in all areas. You got confusion going on, you got strife, you got all that. See, that's the lust of the flesh. That's this part. But this is something that you, you can do. We can, all, we can all do this. This isn't something that's impossible, but it is something that's practiced, and it is something that's learned, and it is something that becomes rote in your life, meaning it's somewhat repetitious. That's why pastors have told us all along and said, you know, put scriptures on your wall, put scriptures on your desk, put things in your wherever you need to put them. So that why? You're constantly surrounded by the Word of God. Why? Because your mind then is renewed to the Word of God. And if you can keep your mind renewed to the Word of God, you'll be transformed. You'll be changed. This isn't rocket science. Yes, some of your lives, and it's my life, I mean, they can be, it can be a disaster, but God is miraculous. But He doesn't reinvent the wheel. I mean, He, 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 he has His way. And all we have to do is follow His way and begin to trust Him. Now, he may tell you something to do. You may know that's the truth in your spirit, and you'd be going, I don't know about that. What's the alternative? It's already bad. <laughs> Go for it. You know, begin to trust God. But what happens is you begin to build this trust, like Pastor Pam was talking about, you know, this leaning into Pastor Bill as she was the other day. That you begin to lean in. You can get to the point where you trust God and you're leaning into him. Because the last time he came through, the last time this is what you sensed in your spirit, that's what happened. And you did it, and he came. The last time he told you something and you wrote it down and you stood in faith, he did it. The last time he told you to give something away, you gave it away and said, okay, God, you got to be God, and he was. And now all of a sudden you're getting this track record. Like you're listening to God, he's speaking to you, he's showing you, you're being obedient here, and, 
And it's all working. And now you've taken this 20 minutes of worship where God was God and things were in line and you've taken it out of that door and you're living it in your life all the time. Like Pastor Pam, maybe you're at Subway and he says, pay for the person's sandwich. And then what do you say? Oh, that doesn't make any sense. What are they going to think about me? How can I pay for the sandwich? I mean, you've got 14 reasons why they didn't going to work. Hey, God just needs one reason. It will. But this, this you've got to get this out of the way. We'll talk about reasoning next week. But you have to be renewed. See, he's the transformer and he's the restorer. Psalms 23.3. Total restoration of your soul and your mind. And some of us, some of you, have had difficulties and had struggles in your head and your mind. That's why when that song came and Pastor Pam, Pastor Pam began to speak those words, that was God. Open up your eyes. Get those things out of your ears. Let God do a work in you today. Let him fix those things. He is the restorer. See, there is peace. We'll talk about it in the end. But there is peace. And that's the one thing that in your life, you've got to be in a place where there's peace. Many times, I mean, have you ever been in a place where it's like chaotic? And you just, it just can't happen anymore. I mean, there's, 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 there's the cat, the dogs, the washers going on, you know, the Calgon take me away commercial. You know, I mean, it's all going on and things are happening and dishes are breaking and kids are screaming and things are boiling off the pot. That may not be your life in the natural, but in your head many times that's what's going on. Because you've begun to listen to all of these different voices. And you begin to, begin to say, I don't even know if it is God. And then you stop renewing your mind to the Word. And now you're not transformed to the Word of God, you're being transformed to the world. And now everything's getting all haywire and it's all... And then you just begin to melt down. And God's saying, come this way. Come on, come this way. And you can't hear that from all the stuff that's happening. But if you can take a moment, run to your room, shut the door, pull out your Bible, get in front of your mirror, begin to read those scriptures again that are posted all over the place that say who you are in Christ, what Pastor Pam shared with you, what Sandy said, what the Lord was telling you that day, as you begin to read those things, what happens? All of a sudden now, things all of a sudden begin to change. Pastor Pam used to come out of her prayer closet, man, look out. We'd send her in there all freaked out and heebie-jeebie, and she'd come out of there all fired up in the spirit. We'd be in trouble. We stood no chance against that as kids. You know, we'd try to get her all messed up and get her all freaked out. And, oh, yeah, now she's crazy. Now she's crying. Yeah, slap high five. And then she'd go in there, and then she'd remember who she is in Christ. And then look out. You know, we're running out the door, and she's whipping shoes or whatever she's doing. I mean, she's got it down. There's a transformation there. But it's a, it's a mental thing. You have to begin to change your mind. And we talked about this last time I preached. I think it was sometime a couple of Sundays ago. But Isaiah chapter 55 that his ways aren't our ways, his thoughts aren't our thoughts. But you know what? You can begin to think like that. You can take his thoughts and begin to meditate those. You can take his ways and begin to live in those. They're yours. You're part of his family. You can do that. But, but this revelation of the mind, okay, this overcoming and this transformation process here. Now, the lights go on instantly, right? Your spirit man is alive under the Lord. But this part in your mind, this renewing it to the word of God, this is a process. I mean, it, it is. The transformation of the mind, that becomes the bridge that takes you from all this bondage in your life and all this junk and all this bad stuff into all this freedom. The doors are open. So you're set free. The Lord set you free. But you coming out of that thing and getting a revelation to it, that becomes, that's a process. And God begins to take you through this thing as he takes you from place to place and from peace to peace. And before you know it, it's all gone. And you thought it, could, it was impossible. 
You thought there was no way that you could ever get back. You thought there was no way that God could fix the mess that you got in. But you know what? All of a sudden, four days, six days, two weeks, a year, all of a sudden, 16 months later, it's all gone. And somebody looks at you and goes, girl, what happened to you? God was real to me. And I just decided I would follow him, and I'd just I'd do whatever I could. And then you begin to, now you're ministering. Now you're reaching out, and now you're touching people. And see that, but that's a transformation process. Don't get saved, get set free from drugs and alcohol, and run back into the bar. I mean, we want to get our friends out, but I'm telling you, unless you begin to get strong in that area, unless you begin to get a revelation of that freedom that you have, unless you go from this bondage into the freedom that he's provided you, you'll begin to get sucked back into that. Be strong, be wise, and be led by the Spirit. See, your heart now is tender. You get turned on to the things of God and your life becomes, that light comes on. Your heart gets tender and you feel for your friends. Begin to pray for them. Begin to release you. Take that moment. Take that opportunity when the door opens. Reach out and snatch them if you can. Get them back to church. Bring them in here. Do whatever you got to do. But be led by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. You don't want to be, think about it. In Psalms it says that if, you, if, you'll, sit, if you'll sit and you'll, you'll meditate the Word of God, it says you'll be like that tree that blossoms. That every, every leaf is, is full and there's fruit hanging off your tree. And whatever you do, it says at the end of verse 3 in, in Psalm chapter 1, will prosper. Why? Because you've taken the time to meditate the Word of God. To, to love, it says. To love the law. To love the Word. And to meditate the Word of God in your heart. And now being led by the Spirit, now it all is just like, it's like this big fun time. Now you've got to go to work. You've got to raise your children. You got, you got to do all these kind of things, but you do it by the Spirit. I don't have to be sitting around going, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I can say, God, you gave me these kids. <laughs> you tell me what to do. I need some help. That big one, he's scary. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, you can, I mean, and God begins to tell you exactly what you need to do. My idea of raising Daniel was completely different than God's idea of raising Daniel. And when I finally realized that, things in our relationship and our life completely changed. Now, let me tell you what. That wasn't just all of a sudden like some kind of computer chip that I took out and put in and then that was all over. Every day, I had to stand outside his door and pray in the Spirit and say, God, I'm about to come face to face with this young man. <laughs> and I need to know what you want me to say. I need to be led by the Spirit because what I say isn't what he apparently understands. And the way I'm wired is not necessarily the way he's wired, so I need your wisdom. That's humility, right? Be, be all the things about being loved by the Spirit. Yielded, devoted, I'm seeking him, doing all those things. Not my will, but your will, because I want to, you know, <laughs> I want to kill him. But that's not your will, I'm sure. <laughs> but if it is, let me know, because it'll make me feel better. But, and then he began to say those things to me, and then I can, then I can begin to sit down. And I can begin to share, and I can begin to talk, and I begin to say the things. And I could have I done it my way a hundred times, and nothing happened. But I sit down, and I do it God's way, and let him lead me. And then all what happens, that word goes right to the heart. God knows the thing. He knows what you need. He knows where you need to go. He knows what you need to do. He knows what you need to, all those things. Even down to the thing where we talked about last week or two weeks ago with Daniela. He knows when to tell you to go left and not go straight. Now you learn, you get stuck by a train, you have to sit there for 30 minutes. I mean, you start figuring that out. Thank God it was being stuck by a train, not something else. But you, what happens now all of a sudden is you're, you're getting it. 
And it's not the 20 minutes here, it's the seven days a week out there. And now you've taken the things that you've learned in here, that you've sensed in your spirit. You've got your spirit man alive. You're renewing your mind to the Word. And now all of a sudden you're being that person who's in here in worship, maybe giving a testimony at the giving time, maybe shaking somebody's hand and saying, God loves you, maybe praying for somebody at the altar. And see, what you're doing is you're becoming that person out there. In your life, day to day, with your family, with your friends, in your job. And isn't that what being a believer is all about? It's not about running in here on Sunday morning or Wednesday night and hanging out together and then turning on the lights and letting the spirit man be the spirit man and then shutting it all down real quick when we go out there and hunkering down in our bunker. That's not what it's about. It's about being that same person who's in here, demonstrating the power of the spirit and living in the things that God has as we go outside. And each and every one of us, remember the beginning, we're all in the place to do that. But it's a process. It's a learning process. And it's, we have to go through this day by day and saying, God, what is it now? What is it? It's not a one-time situation. He wants to lead us all the time. The last part of you, the three-part part of you, is your flesh. Ugh. Now that is the part, thank God, that'll die. <laughs> I don't want to be in this all the time. For the rest of my life, I wouldn't like that. You know? I mean, I'm going to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger when I get up there, I think. <laughs> I'm not going to have to be on the treadmill all the time <laughs> trying to work out. The flesh is the part that's going to die. But it's also the part that if you're not careful, it'll kill you here. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take you downhill in a heartbeat. Because that's the part of your man that, I mean, it doesn't say that there's hope. <laughs> it says that you can, if you keep the spirit man in charge and your mind renewed to the word of God, it says that you need to live your, you got to live your life and your body on the, sac on the altar as a sacrifice. Have you ever been on a diet and you didn't want to be on the diet? I mean, <laughs> apparently. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it's like. Because now your body, your, your flesh, see, your mind says, but I want to. See, your mind says, I want to be good. But your body says, <laughs> ice cream and cookies sound good. And your mind says, no, we're not going to do that. And your body says, want a bit? Get me close to the fridge. <laughs> you know? And then you go to the bathroom instead. So you walk by the fridge. Uh-huh, no, we're not going to do that. And then you come back and you go, oh, we'll just open it up. And see, sooner or later, your flesh will take you right to the... And then somebody's going to find you sitting on the floor with your face in the ice cream <laughs> doing that. And you're going to say, I didn't mean to. My body did it. We need to detach from that, right? We don't, we don't need to be a part of that. That's not a good place for us to be. But you don't have to be like that. And, and it says, go to Galatians real quick. And, and this is uh, somewhere in your notes, of course. I'm not sure where. But this scripture is in there. It's Galatians chapter 5. Because this is where it's important. It says, I say then, we'll, we'll walk in the spirits, verse 16 of chapter 5, and will not fulfill what? The lust of the flesh will not fulfill those. And there's so many, there's so, and th what becomes is it becomes a stronghold in your life. And the enemy begins to hold you back in those places. And you begin to believe a lie. So you begin to believe a lie that says it has to be this way. You begin to believe a lie that says you'll never get out. You begin, and then all of a sudden, the spirit part of it just begins to just fade. And now your lights start to dim. Your mind's going haywire. It's telling your flesh, and your flesh is just eating it all up. 
See, the lust of the flesh, that all leads to death. But the fruit of the Spirit all leads to life. But you can't walk in the flesh and have the fruit of the Spirit. It's divided. And so in your life, you have to look at the fruit. And if you go through it, it says, Walk in the, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh, it says, lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. What's the thing in the middle? Your mind. And your mind begins to be renewed to the Word of God. And if you can keep your mind renewed to the Word of God, then your body begins to lose its power. Earthly, lustful, fleshly power. And it begins to be dominated by the all-powerful dominion and authority of God. And then everything starts working again. And you're not following down this path. You're not going down the lust of the flesh, but you're coming out in the fruit of the Spirit. And that's, that's the key for each one of us, is to understand that we are three parts, that we may have made some mistakes along the way, but that we could be transforming God as the restorer, and so that as we begin to transform our mind, He begins to restore to us all of those things. He begins to be the one that fixes them. And I, and I think really, truly, in, in all of our lives, if I could say that you could download something, if you could download an app or you could download an iTunes podcast or something that would absolutely change your life and then you would never have to worry about any of the flesh junk again, we'd all be jamming up iTunes to download it. I mean, who, who, wouldn't, who wouldn't go and get it? I mean, if we said, look, this is the thing, 99 cents, probably $1.29 now. The iTunes have gone up a little bit. They're 30 cents more. So $1.29, you can go to iTunes and you can download this thing that will absolutely revolutionize your life and you will never have to deal with the lust of the flesh ever again. Holy smokes! That would, we would all do that. Well, here's the, here's the answer. It's the Word of God. Begin to download this into you. See, and then begin to automatically download all this stuff. My phone constantly is syncing up. It blinks and beeps and makes noises at me all day long. I don't know what many of them are, but I am receiving information constantly. But isn't that the way that the Holy Spirit is in our lives? See, that's what God wants to do. Everywhere I go, my emails change. If I change something on my phone, it beeps all the way up into wherever the never worlds, and it goes home, and it changes my laptop, and changes my, my BC, and it changes my PC at work. It's constantly moving. Information. I never have to go anywhere and not have everything. It's all right there. That's who you are as a believer. You never have to be without everything that He is because you are constantly hooked up. You're constantly... I mean, I can turn my phone off. You can turn you off. But if I turn my phone off, I can't get any information. I can't receive anything and I can't send anything. I'm just stuck. And in your life, if you get out of the Spirit, you begin to walk in the flesh. That's exactly what you've done. You've turned it off. You've dressed yourself in a little lead outfit, and you're not going to hear anything. And a lot of people are saying, you know what? I want to hear from God. I want Him to lead me. I want Him to show me. I want Him to, I want to do all these things. But, man, the sin in your life is like it's overwhelming. It's polluting who you are. And what it's doing is it's dimming all that stuff, and it's shutting off the things that God wants to speak to you. Well, I can't do anything about it. Yeah. Yes, you can. You might not have all the answers, in you but he does 
And that's what we want in our life. We want all that junk out. And you say, well, I've been this way like five times in a row, and I've tried, and I've then try the sixth time. Because, see, that's who God, I mean, he's there. Though I fall, I shall arise, Pastor Bill always says. So I want to give you these last couple things because this is the thing. You have the peace of God that's been given to you. The fruit of the Spirit. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit as we go through, you know, all of the joy and the peace and all of the, the love stuff. But it says, Jesus said, I leave my peace with you. I give you my peace. I give you my joy so that your joy could be full. It says, I've given you all those things. And he said, I've, now he says to the disciples, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to die, but it's all right. I'm going to send to you what? The Holy Spirit. So all of those things have been given to you. They've been given to me. Don't, don't walk in condemnation. It says if you walk in the Spirit, there won't be condemnation. But if you walk in the flesh, there will. There's conviction of the Holy Spirit when we've done something wrong. So in the end, we realize we're three-part being, and we want to be led by the Spirit of God. We want to get those blinders off of our eyes. We want to get those things out. We want to take our 20 minutes here that we know that we're and we are got it going on. We want to take that 20 minutes, and we want to carry it outside there. How do I do it? Day by day, moment by moment. And you allow the peace of God to rule in your heart, like it says in Colossians, in your relationships, in your dealings with people, in your listening, in your hearing, in your discerning what the Spirit's speaking. Allow the peace of God to make the difference in your life. Because we can all be led by the Spirit of God. You can be led by the Spirit of God. I can be led by the Spirit of God. But we have to put that effort out there and say, okay, God, I'm here, baby. Use me. I got my phone, and I, I'm, there's not a day goes by that I'm not trying to learn something. Spiritually in your life, once you're saved and your lights are on, don't let a day go by, don't let a moment go by that you're not trying to follow after God and learn something. Teach me, show me. In that class, Determining Divine Directions, we take six, eight weeks, and we, like, we like make like a confession. Like, I, man, God, speak to me. You know, make, make these next six, eight weeks. Make, I, I am going to, in my life, I'm going to pray like never before. I'm going to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to play, pray in English. I'm going to write things down like never before. I'm going to do everything, Father, that I know to do. To learn, to be close to you, to open up myself so that my heart is ready and ripe and I am, I am renewing my mind to the Word of God. I want to be Spirit-led. Now, God, you begin to speak to me and show me. Let me begin to know how you talk to me. It's not necessarily the, Hello, you need to go. It's, not, it's, it's this inward witness. Hey, it's that, and that's why it doesn't make sense to us many times. It's quiet. It's the still, small voice on the inside. Now, there is the voice of the Holy Spirit. There is the voice of your spirit. That's conscience. I mean, there, there are those three ways, but most of the time, it's that inward witness. And the thing is, we trade that inward witness. We, we want something spectacular. We want a talking donkey. Who wouldn't listen to a talking donkey? If the donkey spoke to you and said, Marie, Mary Keith, she would marry Keith because it was a talking donkey. <laughs> but in her heart, that didn't happen, right? I mean, she had to know that it was the Spirit of God speaking to her to say, marry Keith. And so she married Keith. We would want the talking donkey because we would be sure that'd be gone. 
But see, it doesn't work that way. We trade this, we, we want spectacular, and we trade that for the supernatural because the supernatural is right here on the inside of you. And you get to make that determination. And you'll learn, you'll miss it some. And all you can do then is ask forgiveness. Man, I've been there. I've left my keys in the house when he said, pick up your keys. And I've locked myself out. You pay a price. I, I drove to the choicest parking spot in school. You've heard this story. It was right there. It was the best parking spot. I parked there. I was like, yes. God said, don't park here today. Something on the inside of me just didn't, didn't, didn't sense like that. Are you kidding me? This is the best parking spot. So I parked there. Whatever. Shut the door. I went in, did my thing, was teaching. About two hours later, they rang my phone in the room, and the lady says, hey, you need to go move your car. They're going to work on that light today. And God said, you asked. I told you. But I was glad it was moving my car, you know. But then you're in the grocery store, and he says, all of a sudden, speak to that lady who's next to you. Pray for that guy who's down. Hey, why don't you sit out there and say this to your boss? Why don't you say this to your kid instead of that? Because of all these places where you may have got it, you may have missed it, you begin to get this thing going. And now all of a sudden we've taken our 20 minutes, right? And we've started to live it out there. And that's the whole idea, right? Amen. Let's stand up together and let's pray. I believe God's got something to do in our lives. Proverbs 20, 27. It says the, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. And that light that comes on on the inside of you. The, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. And he wants to shine in you. His wisdom is discerned spiritually in your life. And so spiritually in your life, you need to be alive. So you can just be quiet and just kind of bow your heads right here where you are and just give the Lord a moment. Just begin to pray. Begin to pray in the spirit. Begin to pray in your understanding. Because I, I don't know everybody that's here tonight, and I know that the most important thing in our life is that those lights be turned on. And I'm just going to ask you tonight, in your life where you are, are those lights turned on? Have you invited Jesus into your life to take over, to take control, to be your Lord and to be your Savior? If you haven't, You don't really have this opportunity like I've been talking about at the moment, but you can. Maybe you were in a place and you just shut the lights out yourself, said, forget it, I'm done. I'm moving on. I just figured it out myself. But today you'd like to come back in and turn those lights on. You know, if you haven't invited Jesus into your life or maybe you had but you've walked away, tonight might be the night that you need to come back to him or to receive him into your life. And if that's you, I want to give you the opportunity before we move on so that we're all in the same place. The Bible says that you just have to begin to make a confession with your mouth, that it lines up with the belief in your heart. Is that anybody in here today? Just raise your hand if there is, because I want to make sure. I see your hand. Let's make this confession of faith together.